This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to our Football Friday podcast, of course, brought to you by the good folks, as always, at Bet Rivers. Now, remember, get extra value this football season with the Bet Rivers squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. All you have to do is bet $10 on a same-game parlay with any game that is uh, listed with the square and you're on your way. You get the Super Bowl box, you know, the whole, you know, 10 on this side, 10 on that side, numbers. And if you hit the number, who knows? You can win up to $10,000. So uh, good, you know, some extra benefits, a little more excitement, and just some way to have a little more fun as you uh, go through a football weekend. Uh, Week four began last night with a terrible game. I mean, the uh, Packers just didn't show up in the first half. They were just overrun by the Lions, and it was a matter-of-fact Lion victory. Uh, Packers showed you a lot of problems last night, uh, and I don't think it was that the Lions that good. Remember, Lions, week two, gave 30-second-half points to Seattle in losing at home. They were lucky to win game one. They won game one because the Chiefs dropped the ball. All right, otherwise they don't win that game. Now, that's the Chiefs. We know that they're on a different level. But I don't believe that this defense is there yet for the Lions. But last night, uh, they just beat up on the uh, Packers. Uh, and the Lions, right now, with the problems, the Bears are awful. Vikings going through all kinds of problems. We'll get to them a little later. Uh, looks like the Lions may finally be on their way uh, to a division title. So it'll be interesting to watch as we go forward. Okay, now. Giants and Jets are playing Sunday night and Monday night, respectively. The Jets playing Sunday night as they continue along with the remnants of the Aaron Rodgers schedule. Hey, that's the way it is. He was going to be in a lot of primetime games, and you have one here on uh, Sunday night as Kansas City visits. Yes, Taylor Swift's supposed to be in attendance. Okay, get that out of the way. Uh, And this matchup, which is not made for primetime, where the Jets are going, but that's the game. And then Monday night, the Giants, who are coming off a Thursday night loss and have had 11 days off, hope to be healthier, hope to be back in terms of getting some people back, especially uh, along the offensive line. Don't know yet about Barkley, uh, but they play Seattle in a game they need to win to get to 2-2 two and two when you look at uh, the slate. Uh, so Jets on Sunday night and Giants on Monday night. The uh, foreign games are back in vogue. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Jags, who are going to play tomorrow against the Falcons in London, are going to stay there. 
and play next week against the Bills. Later in the season, there's another London game. There's a couple of games in Germany. So the NFL, I, I don't like these games, but the NFL continues to play them. They fill those stadiums. They sell merchandise. That's what they want to do. The NFL, there's not a buck that the NFL is not going to reach for. You know that. And that means taking the product elsewhere. So you know the Jaguar owner would love to have the Jaguars play all the games in London. We may be moving towards that little by little as you're going to see them play back-to-back games in London starting this week. And the Jags have not been able to get their offense started. And a lot of people have been down on Lawrence. But you know what? If you look at it closely, it's not Lawrence. Not that he can't play better. He can. Not that they can't call a better game and make better decisions. They can. But this has been poor offensive line play, and incredibly poor wide receiver play. They've had four balls in the end zone when they didn't get their feet down. On balls that should have been caught, were caught, but they couldn't get their feet down four times already in three games. And they have had 11% drops. I mean, they just continue to plague him with mistakes, and that is holding uh, Lawrence back. It's not like Lawrence is playing terribly. He's not but the numbers aren't there right now. They get the Falcons, who are 2-1. and one. That game is 9.30 East Coast time, so you got an early game tomorrow, uh, I mean on Sunday. And then big game, Dolphins and Bills. Bills should be 3-0. and oh. We know that Josh Allen handed a game to the Jets. They've been impressive the last two weeks against the Raiders and Washington. Now they get the 3-0 and oh Dolphins, who are coming off that 70-point explosion. This is going to be a very, very interesting game. Obviously, for the top of the division, uh, the Dolphins, one of the three unbeaten teams in the league. The Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Niners, that's it. And you have four teams that are winless. Three undefeated, four winless, and the four winless square off this week. It starts with the Broncos at the Bears. Now, how bad are the Bears? That's the question. Not how bad are the Broncos, who gave up 70 points last week. How bad are the Bears? Because the bottom line is the Broncos are 0-3. They last week allowed 70 points, and they are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, that's embarrassing for the Bears. You have to be playing really bad to have Denver come into your building right now at 0-3, having just allowed 70 points, and they're favored. Rather bizarre, as a matter of fact. Now, you know, there's an old theory that if a team gives up 50, they play real hard and real well, they're a good underdog bet the next week. Uh, I don't know what the number is when you give up 70 because no one ever gets 70. First time I got 70 in eons. So if you want to use the 50 number, then that's why the Broncos are getting some, you know, love from the odds makers. Um, Conversely, a team that usually scores 50 is a good go against the next week. Now, so what do you do with a team that's 70? You go against them the next week? I would go on the Bills anyway this week. I think the Bills will beat them, but it should be a very interesting game, and it's going to tell a lot about where the Dolphins are overall. But the Broncos and the Bears doesn't get any worse than that. Pair of 0-3 teams, somebody's going to win a game, and somebody's going to be in big trouble. And let's be honest, the Bears are a – not that Sean isn't off to a terrible start with the Broncos. He is. But the Bears are a big mess. 
I mean, a big mess and going nowhere fast. Ravens at the Browns, both teams two and one. Ravens banged up, looked to get some people back this week. They played without a lot of starters, and they lost to the Colts last week. Browns' defense is really good, tough at home. Their offense has to be more consistent. Hunt's hurt now. You know they obviously lost Chubb for the season. They have a problem at running back. Even their other running back, Ford, is hurt. A lot of injuries this week everywhere. Uh, interesting game. One of these teams is going to be 3-1 and one and in very good shape. And I'll tell you, Cleveland's a legit team. They can play with Cincinnati. They already beat them. They can play with the Ravens. There's no question. Okay? They can play with these teams. I don't think there's any question about it. The Bengals at 1-2 and two take on the Titans. The Titans can't stop the pass anywhere. But what are we going to see from the Bengals? We're going to see more dink and dunk because they're going to play Burrow, but they don't want to try and hurt that calf, so they don't have him striding into the ball, which is why it's dink and dunk and dink and dunk all night. That's what it was against the Rams. Uh, They got the ball to chase, but it took a lot of plays to get him the ball. He finally broke one for 43 yards in the second half when he got a little deeper, but they did not throw the ball down the field. Will they be better this week? Will the calf be better this week? You're not going to see the real Cincinnati passing game which is as good as there is in the league until he can stride into the ball and not feel pain. Clearly, he is hampered by the calf right now. The Rams are 1-2. and two. They play the Colts. The Colts are 2-1. and one. You know, the head coach done a very nice job. They win with Minshew. Richardson's back this week. Um, when we last saw him, he was running for a 15-yard touchdown. He was running for an 18-yard touchdown. Now they get the Rams. I think the Colts will go to 3-1, and one, and the Colts are playing well. Bucks. At the Saints, looks like Carr's out, which means Jameis Winston. Um, Saints probably would have been three and off cost State in the game last week. Uh, you would think the Saints at home would do enough, even with Winston, to beat the Bucs, I, I would think. Washington at the Eagles. Washington has put their quarterback in harm's way a lot. They have won a couple of games. Last week, they got blown out by the Bills. Now they get the Eagles. Wait till the Eagles get the passing game going because clearly they miss their offensive coordinator, who's now in Indianapolis. They have not gotten the passing game going. He's he's looked unsteady in the passing game. But the running game and that offensive line and what they do with their defensive front, despite the injuries in the secondary, you know what? They're just going to be very good again this year and very explosive, and they're going to move the ball. And I think, you know, with the turnovers that you get from Washington and the mistakes that that Hal makes, uh, you would expect the Eagles to roll the 4-0 here. The other 0-3 matchup is the Vikings and the Panthers. Young, I believe, will start. I'm not guaranteeing it yet. It's a Sunday decision. Sounds like he will. Last week, obviously, uh, Dalton played – Sounds like Young's going to play. I'm not positive yet, but check on that Sunday. But it looks like he's going to play. Panthers 0-3. Miserable offensive line. Defense isn't terrible. Running game has been non-existent. The Vikings last year were 11-0 and in one-score games. You knew there was going to be a return to the mean. They're already 0-3. They've lost by 3, by 6, by 4. They also have a minus 7 in the turnover department. 
They have repeatedly fumbled the ball. They've passed the ball for over 1,000 yards. So they've passed the ball for over 300 yards in each game. They've passed the ball for well over 1,000 yards. They've moved the ball, but they continue to shoot themselves in the foot with these incredible turnovers. They're 0-3. They could be 3-0. and You would think they'd get a win here if they don't. You got a big story brewing. And very good chance that the two winless teams could be the Bears, although I think that game will be close, and the Panthers, and the Vikings and the Broncos may get their first wins. You never know. I think it's more sure with the Vikings, but the 4 3 is placed, so that number is going to get cut in half. The Steelers and the Texans, Steelers are banged up. Texans are playing, have played without four-fifths of their offensive line, and they've played okay. They really have. They've passed the ball a lot better than anybody thought. They haven't had a great running game yet. They have the makings of a good defense. Um, Steelers should win this, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Texans are not pushovers anymore. There's no, there's no question about it. Raiders, Garoppolo's in the concussion protocol. Chargers, everyone's calling for the coach's head. Um, lucky to get a win last week. Uh, Raiders can't get where well, they're missing Garoppolo. They're relying heavily on Adams, but they're getting nothing out of Jacobs. I mean, Jacobs had a huge year last year, and now he's two yards a pop, no holes to run. But they they got to keep getting him the ball. That's all they can do and hope things get better, especially if Garoppolo's out. Pats get a win last week against the Jets. What else is new? 15 straight wins against the Jets. At the Cowboys, Cowboys coming off that loss to Arizona. Remember, big thing last week was – Bad play in the red zone, and some really lackluster play on defense. They had the crushing injury during the week. Um, they played without key parts of the offensive line, including Zach Martin, who should be back tomorrow. Pats have been highly competitive. I mean, they were highly competitive despite digging holes in their first two games. Could have beaten the Eagles. Played well enough to win their second game. Fell short again. Didn't get the ball in bounds. Didn't put their feet down. The bottom line is the Pats' defense and special teams can keep them in games. They need the offense to make more plays downfield. Can that happen with the talent they have in tow? It's going to be interesting to see. But that's what needs to happen. Um, Last week was a puzzle for the Cowboys, so you want to see them bounce back. But I'll tell you, they need better play calling from their head coach and they need better play from their quarterback. That's the bottom line. And that was a surprising loss last week. No one figured they'd lose the game to Arizona, but every time they came back, Arizona made a play or they couldn't make a play when they needed to, when they had a chance to score. Cards are one and two, as we know. Niners are three and oh. Niners have had the extra day's rest. They got a couple of guys banged up, but the Niners clearly going to 4-0. Niners going to 4-0. Uh, Eagles going to 4-0. Dolphins, going to be hard to go to 4-0 against the Bills, but we'll see what happens. And then you have the Sunday night game, the Chiefs and the Jets. You know, we uh, here in New York, it has been a steady stream of Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. And listen. I came down very hard on the organization, very hard on the quarterback. 
I don't want to beat up on this quarterback, but he shouldn't be in the lineup. Let's just be fair. Now, they don't have a great option. They brought in Simeon. Uh, Simeon's there to back up. He's not there. He's there to try and move the offense if it's, it just stops cold, as it seems to do every week under, under Zach. Um, they can try and force feed him here, but they are going to lose the room. They are going to lose the team, and eventually the head coach is going to lose his job if this continues. That's all there is to it because they are playing without a quarterback, and it's just impossible to do. It really is. And, you know, I understand that people think, hey, you got to show some patience for this guy. You don't. You know, everybody liked him as a prospect coming up, but that means nothing. That's always the case. That's why he gets drafted high is because he's a good prospect. But that is over when he joins the NFL. He then has to develop and develop significantly to be a starting or a winning quarterback in this league. The history books are full of guys who were drafted from 1 to 10 and never made it. Never made it at all. Complete flops. Pick first, pick second, pick third, you go down the line. I mean, names that you probably haven't thought about in a long time. Guys like Klingler or, or Andre Ware or, you know, uh, Demarcus Russell or uh, Achilles Smith. I mean, you could, you could go down and there's a million of them. You have to get better, get better mentally, get better physically, gain confidence learn how to lead. There's a lot of things you have to do. And, you know, Mike Holmgren told me years ago, he said, we do, and he was something of a quarterback guru, and he said to me, we do the poorest job at any position in the NFL of scouting and developing players at the quarterback position. We are the worst at it. We make more mistakes we do a poor job of developing, and it's true. It is true, and there's so much that goes into it. You know, how much confidence does he get to work as a youngster? Does he sit and watch as a youngster? How much confidence does the organization have in him? How much really good coaching and developmental work is he getting behind the scenes? All this plays in to the quarterback. I mean, when you heard Tom Brady, and there's a um, video out there. I don't know where it originated from, but somebody showed it to me. And Tom was talking about his development as a quarterback and talking about how in the beginning he would just get one or two reps and he would say to them, hey, how am I supposed to get better if I only get one or two reps. And then he said he realized I have to make those reps the best I can make them, make them pristine, make them perfect. He said, so I worked on that. I came in with great enthusiasm. I tried harder than everybody else. And he said, all of a sudden, the two reps became four. Then the four reps became 10. And the next thing you know, I was sharing snaps. And the next thing you know, I was on my way, he said, but I had to deal with that. 
And it's true with, remember, he came in as an obscure late round quarterback. Guys like that sometimes don't even get a look. That's not what happened here with Wilson. He came in as a very, very highly thought of number two pick. But that doesn't mean he's going to develop. And he hasn't at all. He continues to do everything in a ponderous way. He doesn't look like he knows what he's looking at. He also has no pocket presence. His footwork is awful. He, can he throw the ball? Yes, but you can't throw the ball when you're backing up. You can't throw the ball when you're off balance. You can't throw the ball when you don't even know where you're throwing the ball. There are so many things wrong with his quarterback play. And Namath said it. And you know what? Maybe a lot of people didn't like Joe saying it and saying what he did about the organization. But he's Joe Namath. And he understands how to play the position. And I saw a lot of reaction when it was anti-Namath saying, you know, Joe, you were an overrated quarterback. You weren't any good. Anybody who thinks that Joe Namath wasn't good could not be more off-base. I don't even want to tell you how off-base you are. There was a time. Now, he played a lot of his career as a crippled player. But there was a time when he was as good as it got at the position. As good as it got. And deadly with his arm. And if you go back to Alabama, where he was a brilliant athlete, I mean, he could have been a baseball player. He was a tremendous all-around athlete. As a matter of fact, Bear Bryant said the two best athletes he ever coached were Ozzie Newsom and Joe Namath. The two best athletes he ever coached. That takes in a lot of years. And a lot of players. So to think that, you know, you have to ram it, uh, you know, back at Namath or you're, not, you're going to, you know, knock what he did. Hey, there was a time. Now, his overall numbers are not great for his career. But there was a time where he was as good as it got. Giants and Seahawks on Monday night. Giants needed the rest. We don't know yet about Barkley. I would doubt it, but I don't know yet. Do they get Thomas back? That is critical. Their offensive line is awful. They have got to, got to improve that. And the defense has got to get better. It has got to get better. And they have to, have to be able to implement a downfield passing game. They can't give up on that and go into the games and say, no, we can't get the ball to the people we brought in. You brought those people in to make plays down the field. Everyone knows in this NFL you must make plays down the field. It's imperative that you put that pressure on the defense, and, and everything is built for you to make plays, get flags, get chunk plays down the field. That has to be part of your repertoire. You're not going to win big. You might not win at all. So they have their own problems right now. And this is a very big game at 1-2 and two against Seattle. And first up with the Jets, the saga of not only seeing if this quarterback can muster anything, see if they can just stabilize what is going on with this team, doing it in prime time on Sunday night and against a team that's going to show you the model. 
solid ownership. Andy Reid at head coach. Mahomes at quarterback. When you are strong at owner, coach, and quarterback, you're going to do very well in the NFL. Very, very well. And you're going to look and see that's what you're trying to accomplish. Now, doesn't mean you're going to find them a homes. Okay? Doesn't mean that at all. But the bottom line is they can't play around or really even play without a quarterback and expect to do anything positive. It's not going to work. And that is what they have offered up here. The thing that has shocked everybody is why would this head coach not demands more options at the position from his front office rather than take what looks to be just blind, ludicrous loyalty towards this player and try and tell us he's gotten better when he hasn't or tell us he sees things when he clearly doesn't because it's just not been there. It's not like, oh, you know what, he's one play away or that if he just corrects this one mistake or he just, you know, he's got to hold on to the ball better, but he's making some big plays. No, he's not making any plays. All you need to do is look at the four downs. They get the ball back, 15-10 down. The Jets do with 143 on the clock. Two timeouts on the 45-yard line. That's all you can ask for in an NFL game. I'm down five. I've got the ball at midfield. I have a minute and 45 and two timeouts. And just look at the four downs. I'm not going to go through them right now. You've probably seen them if you're a diehard. If not, just look at those four downs. And there is nothing more telling than the fourth down. Where he checks down when this is the last play he has in the game. He checks down like he's going to make a play. Needing to get past the sticks, he needs a first down to continue the drive, and he checks down and throws a one-yard dump off. And nobody's breaking tackles in that spot for eight or nine yards. It's not happening. There's just no way it's happening. And to just dump the ball, hey, if you threw the ball 30 yards down the field and it got tipped and intercepted, I think more of the play than that because that was a play that had no chance for success and was a give-up. It was a complete give up. And that is all you need to see is what they did on first, second, and third. And the head coach keeps telling everybody he has confidence in the player, except the play calling does not illustrate that in the least. There is no evidence of that. And actions speak a lot, a lot more than words. A couple of quick emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Remember, send your emails to Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, Doug, what did you make of the news that Kaepernick was trying to find his way to the Jets? I think Kaepernick is desperate to get back in the league. He's desperate to keep his name in the news, so it didn't surprise me in the least, and I wouldn't go near him. Uh, Have any rookie quarterbacks stood out in your opinion? Um, It's early, but... I think Stroud's been much better than anybody could have hoped for. And I like what I've seen from Anthony Richardson a lot. I like what I see from him. Uh, The NFL can't be thrilled to have Patrick Mahomes versus Zach Wilson in prime time. No, they're not. This game was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. That's what you were looking for. That's why it's in prime time. But injuries are part of this sport. Just go down the injury list. Just look how many quarterbacks are iffy. Just look how many are in concussion protocol or how many are hurt. I mean, go down the line, one after another. Uh, Timmy asks, when two has been healthy, the Dolphins have looked like a big-time team. Uh, could, they, could their coach be the real deal? Yes, he definitely could. I've been a two guy, always have. I think the injuries have stripped him of some of his ability to throw the ball with velocity down the field. They have to compensate for that. But he understands the game. He understands how to run the offense. He understands where to put the ball. He understands how to lead his receivers. He runs that expertly. And he is a highly, highly productive player. But he's also a player who is extremely brittle and has to be protected. Chris, now that Saquon is hurt, do you think he, uh, he realizes why the Giants were hesitant towards the contract he wanted? Um, I would think he would realize that the way the running back position is valued in the league has changed dramatically. I know that premier backs don't like it. But you know what? It's just the way it works now. The game has changed. It's not a featured back game anymore. It is a featured quarterback game now where you have that big wide receiver. If you have a prototypical team, a team that you really expect good things from, let's use Kansas City as an example. You have a really good head coach who's a superb play caller. You have an offensive line that they chose to keep healthy They chose to make both lines stronger rather than dump a ton of money in Tyreek Hill. Not easy to say goodbye to Hill, but they did it. Do they have a receiver his equal? No. They make do. Now, they get a bunch of fast guys, and they interchange them. And they have an all-world tight end in Kelsey. So they have a feature player. He's a tight end. They have... A lot of different people they use at wide receiver and running back. They have an all-world quarterback. They have an all-world defender in Chris Jones. That's how they built the team. It works. You you need an all-world target. Usually it's going to be a wide receiver. It's going to be a Jefferson. It's going to be a Chase. It's going to be a player like that, a Devontae Adams. More than it's going to be a tight end, but it can be a tight end as it is in Kelsey's case. But the quarterback, again, the coach, the quarterback, that's why you win. That's what has to be there, and that's what you have to value. The quarterback is supreme in the NFL. There is no way around that. You have to have line play. You have to have left tackle who can block and have tackles who can block. You have to have a pass rush 
You need a defender that can cause trouble, who can break up a game. You need that. You need a balance in your lineup. But the best thing you can still have that gives you a chance, the reason why Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, a title contenders is because they are very good at the quarterback position. They have other players. Cincinnati has great receivers. Okay? Buffalo has strength in certain places, but they have the quarterback. It's very hard to be a team that can win without the quarterback being a star. Now, San Francisco shows you it can be done. Purdy's not a star, but that team is loaded. They have some of the best players in the league on their lines, at running back, very explosive wide receivers. They are very strong in other positions. There's more than one way to do this, but the easiest way to do it is to get the quarterback that is there as the franchise player and build around that. You are not going to build around a running back. I don't care how good he is. It's crazy to build your team around a running back. It doesn't work in this NFL. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.